Ah, oh, gosh. Welcome to Political News Wednesday. This is the last call of the day. Breaking down, Biden is omnipresent on this episode. Uh, Biden admits that he can be in two places at once. He can be in front of Congress and at ground zero at the same time. Listen, I mean, according to this story, listen, you'll get into it. Uh, the Marines end up cleaning up poop before they live in, before they have to leave Kabul. I know that's fun. It's not funny. I shouldn't be laughing at it, but that's what happens. And we have our first real American gun ban. And then we have the Republicans playing fuck, fuck games and semantics over an insurrection that wasn't an insurrection. And we've talked to officers on the ground in D.C. about that, all this and more on today's Last Call. Stand by. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. That will go in the history books forever. Uh, I imagine it'll be in the history books forever. That would be where the, I don't know, like, call this a revolutionary war? Call this a civil war? What do we call this? What do we call what's happening here? What do we, what do we call what's happening here? So much um, going on. I mean, I feel like this is on purpose, though, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's a test. Right. That's what everybody's saying. You think the government thinks we're just that stupid? Yep. We that's what we were saying before just before we came on. I said this this sounds like it feels like a test. I, I don't think it's that they're that stupid. I think it's that they they think that they they hold that much power. I mean, uh, we, we I think a lot of people in the Democrat party have forgotten may, maybe in both parties. I think it's have forgotten parties. that, you know, we elect them to represent us, not to control us. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I understand she, this New Mexico governor, which is what I assume you're talking about, uh, <laughs> makes this decree on uh, public health, you know, based on public health and safety, because it's her idea. Or, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know what her constituents are saying. You, you know like, what this sounds like to me? Once you find out what her constituents are saying, you know what it sounds like to me at this point? I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> I declare it. I mean, she's made a decree that nobody is abiding by at this point. The sheriff has come out along with the mayor and the police chief saying, uh, this is completely unconstitutional and we're not going to touch it. Uh, we'll dive into that here in just a second. Uh, but for those of you just tuning in for the first time, it's the Fire Stop Podcast Network. We deliver five free shows every single week from true crime to comedy to crime news to political news right here on Wednesdays, case breakdowns, and much, much more. We've got dispatch stuff, comm center. We've got a Patreon that has even more things for corrections, for firefighters, for everything. It's a one-stop shop for first responders and society who just wants to learn more about first responders and kind of what we do. But today's show is to give you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash wolfpack it sleeps so good it's scary when you're diving through this much content every single week trying to fumble through the news being that uh, nobody called us to be journalists we didn't grow up saying i want to be a journalist when i get older uh, but we were forced into it because law enforcement and first responders across the board we see the world one way and the rest of the world sees it wrong 
and nobody was reporting on the way we see things and that's where we come into play and i appreciate drew breezy and everybody from the staff who wants to pitch in on this show uh dead leg is the uh fact checker extraordinaire for for the show he does all the research and now we have plenty of people in here to help us regurgitate it and in a way that first responders can understand it we call it big bird to cookie monster style on this show uh we got marines cleaning up some poopy in in kabul afghanistan we got another fake insurrection we've got a lot to go through today we appreciate Ghostbed for sponsoring such a audacious show a show that could eventually uh, end us up in prison at the rate way that the rate things are going these days uh for albuquerque new mexico well that's our first story today uh, unconstitutional, so there's no way we can enforce this. This is from the Bernello County uh, Sheriff John Allen. He said, this is coming from the Alternative Press News, by the way. Uh, this ban does nothing to curb gun violence. A gun rights group filed a federal lawsuit within 24 hours asking a court to block the order from taking effect, and other federal lawsuits followed. Critics denounced the order as an infringement on the gun rights. Uh, everybody, the NRA has filed a lawsuit on this. Um everybody's getting involved it just looks it really looks like a common sense you know you can't do this and i agree with both of you that it does look like a test the fact that uh, michelle grisham decided she's the governor of new mexico the fact that she did this on a friday where her little order gets to be in effect for two days kind of solidifies that there was an order put in place historically i don't know what that means for the future uh, but she did this as an emergency order to su- suspend the right to carry firearms in public places around Albuquerque, even if you have a concealed carry permit. You don't have to have a permit for open carry. Um, but she has issued a 30-day public health order. <laughs> I mean, it, it screams uh, to I wish me this was it, fake. If you're a victim of a, of a shooting crime, okay, you get shot. And you think, okay, maybe next time I'll, I'll get a gun to defend myself. Now they just said, no, you can't defend yourself. Like, yeah. I, I, not, not only not that, New Mexico. just ruling by decree. No one voted on this. There's, right. in, if we have a health emergency or if we have an emergency or we have something that's going on, logic would say, let's deal with that problem. If you've got a flat tire, let's not change the engine. Let's fix the flat tire. But instead of fixing the dealing with the criminals and dealing with the shootings and locking those people up, getting rid of this like bail reform bullshit where it's just in and out and like getting rid of the stuff that's causing these problems. Instead of doing that, they're just further down the rabbit hole. Not only that, like Drew was saying, I think that this is a test. Like you were saying, it's on a Friday. There's there's a lot of speci- there's a lot of specifics there that it goes in on a Friday. You're not going to be able to get an injunction through on the weekend. You're not going to be able to get an emergency injunction through to stop this order on the weekend. So you're going to get it played out. So you get, get to at least 24, 48 hours to play this out to see how this works. I, I, I think this is temporary here, but I think this is the next step is going to be the Biden administration is going to send, say something like this. No, I, I, I disagree because <clears throat> even if she puts this order out on a Friday, it doesn't matter what day of the week she puts it out on, like the, a temporary injunction or, I mean, this public health decree is uh, it, it is challengeable 24-7, 365. So, in other words, she can decree all she wants. There's, there is process in place that makes it law. She can't circumvent 
the Constitution. She can say all she wants, well, this is a New Mexico issue, and I'm the government, governor of New Mexico. Therefore, I'm going to be – but she can't be more restrictive than the Constitution. There's an old saying, it, it's, it's – uh, if you allow emergencies to break the law, politicians are going to create emergencies, you know, to do it. So uh, that that's exactly what we have here. She's just I, I think COVID was the actual test where they're like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 Constitution, you're right. So, well, what about everybody else's right? We're going to declare a public emergency. You know, if I'm not mistaken, California is still under the same public emergency they were during the pandemic and it gives them some kind of weird powers like they think so she's uh, none of this though is enforceable like i i think when the mayor the police chief or the sheriff come out and say uh we won't we're not going to enforce this thing they can't enforce this thing. and that's what goes they cannot back to, go against their oath and that's what goes back to my problem with federal policing, and I, I've said on this show many times that I really do feel like the reason why we're allowing crimes to happen at the rate that, that they're doing, like in San Francisco and in Seattle, creating absolute lawlessness in Chicago, it's because, and we've already seen it with Nancy Pelosi, putting federal law enforcement projects and operations and task forces together to combat crime in San Francisco. They allowed it to go that far so that they could allow more federal policing in. Right now, we don't have it federal policing and you have sheriffs and you have uh, police chiefs and you have things like that. There's pushback or there's the ability for pushback. I think that when you have federal officers in place who have been brainwashed, who, who don't want to lose that federal pension, who don't want to lose their federal status, I don't see them pushing back. This The only reason that this doesn't mean anything and it's like an I declare bankruptcy is because there's nobody willing to enforce it. What happens when you have people who are willing to enforce it? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what there is to enforce, though. In other words, if, if the ACF was on the ground and there was more than 1,200 of them and they were like, yeah, I mean, she said it, guys. You know, we, we don't like it, but, you know, we're been, we've been put here to by the federal yeah, government. It's the presidential order. This is a decree. You know, we can't allow you guys to be out here. What happens when, like we had yesterday on Sunday, I mean, I'm sorry, on Sunday, today is, is Tuesday, uh, when they had a peaceful open carry protest? That's not going to be a very peaceful protest when you have the ATF out there trying to get everybody to disband. There is no emergency exception to the constitution nothing there's nothing in there that says in an emergency we can suspend x y and z there is no so i don't see a federal agency being able to suspend the constitution there's no i i don't see how they could do that i also didn't there's, see how you could uh, raid a media company and shut an entire media company down over a diary that was not in fact stolen. You know what I'm saying? That's what I, that's my problem. That's I think everybody's problems with the feds right now is that we've seen the fed time after time breaking the constitution and doing things that are unconstitutional. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The problem is, is we're applying logic to things that they're, they're not making logical decisions. Like the logical decision would be if we have a problem, let's address the problem. We're not addressing yeah, let's put more problem. cops there. We're right? just creating more issues. Not Cops on dots was one of the most brilliant ways to combat violent crime, uh, but because of its appearance of being racist, they don't allow cops on dots. Do you guys have cops on dots in Tampa? 
No, I, I don't, I'm sure that just is <coughs> a form of hotspot policing. But I mean, right, like, hotspot policing. Yeah, time, time, yeah. and and location and severity of yeah. crime, and that's where you put your most officers at that particular time. You know, why when one side of the city is sleeping and the other side is awake, take the cops on the side that's sleeping and move them to the yeah. side that's awake. This is the old. That's the argument I get all the time about how in low income areas or you know. Um, different socioeconomic areas when you have a high presence of policing you know it's it, it's racial it's damaging to it's racist supposedly but my theory always has been and i've explained this before so forgive me if you've already heard it but if you have a big pipeline and you have 10 plumbers you can put them at a 10 mile pipeline you can put them one at each mile that would be great but if there's four leaks at mile four the, the mile four guy is not going to be able to handle the four leaks. So you pull the guy from mile eight and six and two and send him to mile four and they all plug the leak. That, that's what they're there to do. Th their areas are fine. you got to go where the leaks are. That's what the right. plumbers are there to do. So that, that's not necessarily, you know, singling out. It's just singling out where all the crime is. It's, it's not saying that you know any certain race of person commits like the crime it's just saying statistically this is where all the crime is occurring this is where the police is needed the most you know for a quicker response to save more lives to do whatever to make more arrests essentially is where their argument always goes but um this right, is you the can't same you thing. can't take away cops on we, i call it cops on dots right because on the map it's got a whole bunch of dots where the crime is and that's where you put all the cops that's where cops and dots come on but you can't get rid of proactive policing preventative policing and get rid of a court system where everybody's going to get off can't get rid of the bail uh or you can't have bail reform and all of these things that leads to absolutely zero consequence and that's why you have cities like san francisco right now and Chaz and whatever out in Seattle. And so for this person in New Mexico, this governor, for her to come out with something as, I mean, really audacious as this, and this isn't fake news. You know, this is one of those articles I read where I was like, eh, this is misinterpreted. There's no way. You know, maybe she says you can't carry a gun on government property or something. You know, maybe she just you know, reiterated something. But then when you read what she said and you read this decree that she put out, it's real. This is really happening. Pretty audacious. It's, it's pretty, at this point, what is she, what she is trying to do? And I know that you don't think so, that you don't think that this is a test and maybe it's not a test, but she's trying to incite something. I think they wanted to incite like, like January 6th, they allowed that to happen. That's why it happened. They refused to put the officers in place that needed to be there because they wanted some type of insurrection. They wanted some kind of collapse to happen so they could virtue signal be all holier than now and arrest the people that they wanted to arrest. I, I truly do believe that that was an orchestrated event um, in one way or another. And I believe that this was another attempt at orchestrating something. I think what they thought was going to happen was that the crazy right-wingers were going to be as crazy as the Antifa people, and they were going to come in and light fires and do all these things, and then they were going to bring in the National Guard, and it was really going to set some things off. And it didn't really quite happen that way, did it? No. No. The only one that I know of that was yelling specifically on tape was a guy named Ray Epps, and he was saying, let's go storm the Capitol. Let's go. Let, we got to go inside. And the people around him were saying, no, 
No. Yeah. <laughs> then he was at the gates somehow of the Capitol and, then, and, and then he was whispering Rams? in people's ears. And he's the only one that hasn't been held into account. And he's the only one that the January 6th committee, for some reason, has gone out of their way to explain their presence. He hasn't gone out. They, Adam Kissinger and, or Kissing, Kessing, whatever his name is, that guy that was the crybaby all the time yeah. that's n- <laughs> no longer employed anyway. But like, he would always defend everything that guy said. And to me, that's, that's the red flag. When you start explaining it too much, it tells me everything I need to know. Right. This guy was either an informant or he was there to incite. He was an agent provocateur. And you got what you wanted. You got what you were looking for. And now you're able to hang Americans, innocent Americans who have the right to peacefully assemble and uh, others who entered the Capitol. Now there were some that entered, you know, with violence and that, that needs to be dealt with. You can't, you can't do that. But, uh, here's this guy who's inciting everyone and he's not held to account one bit. In fact, they're, they're just making him disappear and then they're making him look like a hero somehow. Well, I mean, I think because they got had at the Gretchen Whitmer case where the, where there was more feds, there was more undercover feds, uh, and informant feds trying to orchestrate a kidnapping than there were dumb rednecks from the trailer park. And, and you know, and, and what's crazy, what still blows my mind in that case is that a jury saw right through the whole thing and acquitted them in less than two hours. And the DOJ, even I, I'm still confused on the whole double double jeopardy process. But they went back and recharged them and found them guilty with no jury. I'm pretty sure that that's not supposed to happen that way but maybe i'm wrong there i think we've covered that case before the gretchen whitmer case but had it not been for the gretchen whitmer case i would still be on the fence of maybe what you're saying is a little bit conspiratorial you know tinfoil hattish but it really happened in gretchen uh, gretchen whitmer's case it really happened they were really feds they're orchestrating a kidnapping with two or three trailer park dudes that had no plan or money or way to commit this crime and these guys orchestrated the whole thing and then you know these three guys get to go to prison forever for it and, and the feds are just like ah we you know our job here is done i kind of feel like that this is what's going on in new mexico another just trying to trying to incite something but i think what it shows is that the right is not as crazy as the left would like to think we are and as crazy as the left has become right and Chuck Norris it's, flip sides because he said, I love that video with Chuck Norris. He says, I'm a Republican now because the left has gone way too far left. They are they're out of control right now. Well, what scares but, me is the rhino rights that are put in place causing a fake insurrection right now and playing the same fuck fuck games as the left is. Just because the left is being extremely crazy right now doesn't mean that we should be acting crazy or the politicians that we put in place. We didn't put them in place so that they could be retarded. You know, they're supposed to be the beacon. And what we have in this next case, uh, Josh, if you can bring this up, is is we have this case where, um, and, and, I, and I believe it's at the hands Which of, one you of bring up? McCarthy's, um, the fake insurrection here. Now, I talked to some officers in D.C. to see what's what's going on. I've heard some other podcasts talking about it, wanting accountability. A whole bunch of it's a video that shows protesters take over Kevin McCarthy's office. And there's a bunch of Republican politicians and, and frankly, really big, high profile podcasts 
that are calling for accountability here. Why isn't this an insurrection? Why isn't this an insurrection? So I called some Capitol Police officers, uh, and uh, I don't want to say too much about them. I, I I don't like I don't like having anonymous sources in the news because then there's no frame of reference. You can't reference anything. Um, and here I am playing that game because if I out this guy, I'll never get another phone call. Yeah. Um, and I would never out this guy. Like traditional journalism, you have the ability to have your, the reason why you have anonymous sources is the journalist, us, vet this person and we have done our due diligence to make sure that whatever this person is telling us is to the best of their ability, ability truthful. So yeah, when without we report agenda. on it. Without yep, agenda. We, this is an officer yep. that was on the yep. ground for this who has firsthand experience and knowledge of this and and was able to – he has no skin. He's not writing a book. He's, he's got no skin in the game. If he was, I would tell you, hey, I don't know. This guy's seen some trouble in the past or he's got some beef going on. Um, I've got none of that from this character. Um, but what he says is that this was not the capital, for one, even though everybody's reporting on it, that it was the capital, so calm down. Uh, the way he explained it to me is that every member – has their own office in one of the three congressional buildings. The leadership only has offices in the Capitol. However, they have another office in one of these three congressional buildings. These buildings and their offices are open to the public. The Capitol itself is the only one open to official businesses and tours. So this side office for McCarthy is open to the public. However, he says that we have a rule that anybody that goes in more than 10 at a time is civil unrest and you'll be arrested and they've been doing that for years and years and years and years. You cannot storm his office with more than 10 people, but they get stormed daily and they make arrests almost daily and they have forever. Anybody that's protesting clean water, uh, you know, uh, gay rights or abortion rights. Um, when January 6th happened, they broke into the actual Capitol building. Uh, to to the Capitol and all the congressional buildings were closed to the public because of COVID. Um, but in this in this case right here, uh, there was you know a big handful of officers. They arrested six people within thirty minutes of them going inside of the building. So I, can you call this an insurrection? No. But the right is trying to do this because we're playing this tit for tat game right now, and this is what I don't want to see my tax dollars going this is not what i want to see my votes go for is playing stupid games like this the what problem you take that, I, that they're using this is in the same news cycle that one of the proud boys was sentenced to 22 years in prison there was somebody who was sentenced to five years in prison for intentionally running someone over because they were a trump supporter and they got five years in prison for killing someone and somebody else got 22 years in prison and they weren't even in the facility they weren't even on the grounds so the problem that the that you're you see the tit for tat, that's not equal. We're not we're not playing by the same set of rules anymore, and it's completely obvious. Like we're we're slipping down this slope faster and faster into absolute civil unrest, and it's because we're not checking things when stuff happens. So if we're going to call this an insurrection or we're going to call this, whatever we're going to call, we're going to start to define things. We're going to need to define things equally and then apply the law equally to those things. When we don't do those things, you're going to have problems. Drew? I think that, uh, I think it's quite the opposite. That 
we need to slow down and look at all of these on a case by case basis and understand that that maybe they are being appropriately handled, but they're not being reported. They're being uh, compared in the news for uh, to appeal to the far right or to appeal to the far left, because you you can't um, whether you agree with the Enrique Torrio uh the 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 conviction and the prison sentence of being 15 years or whatever i can't tell you what's in that indictment i don't know what's in the indictment i don't know what ev- evidence they had i don't know what the what the, the, he was convicted on but it's easy to say that well he was uh, Jan- they convicted him on january 6 charges and he wasn't even there well, that's a very brief summary for like a two or three week long trial. I, I'm sure that there was more evidence and there was more to it than that. And I'm not talking about his guilt or innocence because I don't know enough about it. This other guy that ran over what we're calling, quote, a Trump supporter, he, he ran over a guy and that's it. So if 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 a tr- if somebody who f- supported Donald Trump ran over a Joe Biden supporter, he wouldn't get any more or any less. It doesn't you can't compare these two cases. That guy was probably a first-time offender, and he ran somebody over. There's no hate crime enhancement for political party. It's just dumb. Like you, you can't be convicted for being dumb, though. So they took him to court. They took him in a trial, and they said, "Here, this guy committed a murder. Here's the argument that precipitated it. We we disagree with this. It's stupid, but in in the end, he was convicted, and he's going to serve some prison time over it." You can't compare the two cases, in my opinion. It's it's easy to do that, and it's I think easy it, to I think we're, rile we're, up the base to do that. But it's not. I, I don't think it's a fair comparison. Maybe not a fair comparison, but do you not think it was trying to rile the base by giving this guy twenty two years for sitting at his home and making some tweets? Yes, it's sending a. It's definitely sending a message, and it's a. It has the chilling effect that I'm sure they're going for. And it's perhaps an abuse of power, but again, I don't know the the entirety of the. I, I don't know what. Well, the maybe guy we should did. break I that mean, down on Friday. Should we break that one down since he got sentenced to twenty two years? Is yeah, too sure. Soon? We could do that. Might be a good one for for breaking down. Joining us now, uh, you know, in this new last call series that we have going on, Jonathan Bates. Every week, man, the whole team is just going to join me in here. We're going to just go through the news and plug it away. John, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. Good morning. Uh, you guys are on a very serious roll, and uh, I literally just came in the door. Well, you know what? Let's switch it up right now. The Marines well, well, is a great if, article. If I may, no, if I, I may wanna, have... Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You may do whatever I, you want. Okay. First of all, Drew, very serious this morning. Josh, very serious. I love it. Uh, just Let's just remember that there's still plenty of people who are still being held on charges from January 6th. We yeah. do have due process in this country where you're supposed to get a, a speedy trial. But uh, the whole thing's ridiculous, right? Like, if tonight at 11 p.m. I break into Costco, I have not done a hostile takeover of the corporation. That does not mean that I own Costco if I break in. You know, you all three guys are cops. I'm not a cop. If I break into Costco tonight, does that mean I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, I'm setting myself up to be the president of Costco? Or is that a burglary? <laughs> just, just asking. All right, Eric, what's your question? I, I think... I think part of the issue, though, is that people are that, like Eric's saying that they're they're saying, well, well, why isn't this an insurrection? It's it's not so much that they actually believe that this is an insurrection; it's that they don't believe that the previous one was. Right, and, I, and, but, I and, and my problem with, with it, like, though, I do agree with him on that. I, I totally agree, but that's what they're doing. But you're not bringing us any closer to uh getting what we want every time there's a tr- there every time that they're they go after hunter biden there's another trump indictment 
you know, yeah, and, right. and, and you're killing, you know, and maybe that's where the fight is. But I'm saying like right now, it's it's everything that is being done. We're all the ones being punished for it. So yeah, instead no, of I reporting this as just as, as, as you know, the Republicans could do this in a more mature way by saying, listen, guys, every day our Washington, D.C. officers have to deal with this. Let's take a look at this video and show the wackadoodle nut jobs in their medical scrubs and their gay HIV shirts, because that's what that guy was wearing, a, a, a gay HIV shirt, which very confusing to me. Um, I think it just says HIV positive. It says gay. HIV positive I think it's with the gay high flag. Five, and it's just got a uh, Roman numeral it's... thing. <laughs> it could be. That is a gay AIDS shirt, which okay. I think I want one. I want to. I want to show it says HIV positive just to keep all the fucking women off of me. I, I have no issue with ending HIV now. By the way, I don't. I mean, I'm not going right. to storm. The, any anybody's office over it? No, yeah, but, you, but, but, but what you shirt. do when you when you start calling that an insurrection and you start saying, "Well, here we go, guys, that's an insurrection." What you do is you turn off the whole entire other base and all of the people that are middle of the road to even looking at the to even yes. taking you seriously at all. You lose yeah. credibility when you report news in a way like that. That's why we started this so that we don't report over sensationalized or salacious news for some co- political gain. Just show the news of what it is. Hey, guy, uh, like, is it not salacious or sensational? enough to go look at this asshole with an hiv positive gay flag shirt on and he's proud that he's hiv positive and and he's excited about this and he's in the office like i think that paints a much better picture where if i was on the left i would be like that is embarrassing but now i'm like oh you guys shut the fuck up that's not an insurrection we all know what this is it's not an insurrection and it completely kind of diffuses anything that you could have had there any kind of explosive journalism you had it kind of gets diffused by this it, it, you know it's it's like when you catch the news reporter standing in the ditch and he's trying to claim that it's a flood in Tampa Florida. and the guy goes by in the canoe yeah I mean they, they, it, it, you lose all credibility after that yeah and you're a I, joke I and nobody gives you. a shit and then and then you know what happens no nobody evacuates on the next one well uh, so even tying the two cases together there's a guy, David Hogg. I don't know if you've, you've heard of him. He's a, he's a staunch uh, gun control advocate, and he's got reason. He was in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting. So he's, he is definitely a young uh, up-and-comer in this world that wants more gun control because he's a, it directly affected him, in other words. I don't agree with what he says. I feel horrible for him. He's going to have to live with, you know, being part of an active shooter incident his whole life. But, and, and when, when the uh, emergency order came out in um, New Mexico, what, what was David Hogg's take on this? Everyone thinks this, you know, this anti-gun David Hogg. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he said, there's no such thing. He, he's, here's his direct quote. I support gun safety, but there's no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitu- Constitution. Um, so nor- a guy who normally is, quote, anti-gun, end quote, is saying, hey, look, this is wrong. So to your point, Eric, there are people in this world that are willing to stand up and say, hey, you've taken it too far. You've lost all credibility at this point. We can't, I'm not saying take everyone's guns away from them and restrict the constitutional uh, portion of the right to bear arms. I'm saying we got to do this responsibly and through legislation the right way, through representation, through, you know, the constituents having a say in the matter. 100% 100% well, agree with that. <clears throat> January 6th showed that even like 
not to beat a dead horse with that, but you can't even question things. So if we want to ram through uh, legislature or ram through executive order saying that you can't have guns and things, that January 6th says you're going to, if you question things, this is what's going to happen. I'm not saying that they're one and one, but there is a clear message that's being sent. There is a clear message being sent because all the major podcasts, which, by the way, podcasts reach a, a, a larger audience than propaganda media does these days. Uh, our show alone reaches more than probably any local news agency you know, around the United States. I know, I know our, our, my, our podcast is bigger than, than the Raleigh's, than the reach uh, of the Raleigh's local news. So right now, a lot of these local, and, and I consider ourselves to be journalists at this point. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I didn't go to college to be a journalist. I'm a C student at best. I'm just doing, uh, we're just filling a void that's gone. Because if you look at mainstream media, we've played the video a thousand times, they're just regurgitating all the six major owners of all the media. 30 years ago, there was over 57. Now we're down to six. Journalism is gone. So it takes guys like us to try to fill in that blank. But you got people like Tim Pool, you got the drinking bros, you got all these other guys uh, that, are, that are out there trying to be journalists and fill that void where media has failed. And they're all talking about, these are troubling times right now. I'm scared that we might be next. They're coming after media companies now at this point almost every other day. They're going after insurance. They're about to they're about to indict what is it? Senators? State senators for the for uh, the January 6th thing? They recommended Oh, I didn't for know it. that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, they recommended, recommended f- but they for, didn't for six indict. of them. They they ended up not indict. You know, but you know, look at Tim Pool mentions it on his podcast every time. It's only a matter of time uh, before they go after him. Project well, Veritas. I, I mean, only a matter they of time. They indicted a past president <laughs> over January 6th. Right. So anybody that says anything uh, that can remotely be insightful or go against what they want it to go against, eh, you know, we, you could be on the chopping block. Uh, Proud Boys didn't start out as, as some kind of crazy. Uh, it, it got hijacked by, by some folks for sure. But I'm not sure that they were. I don't think they had set out to be a domestic terrorist organization. This is the response that I'm talking about. This is the exact response I'm talking about, though. It's it's like, you know, there's just such uh, credible. There's no longer credible journal journalism, and if on mainstream media, and if there is, you really got to look for it. It's partisan journalism. It's just it's people's opinion that they're using each other as sources and using Twitter or X as a source and then just running with it. So it's created the underground journalists, the Tim Pools, the Tucker Carlson's and and everybody else. And it's the same thing with lawlessness. So when you create, when you undermine actual police and when you undermine uh, when you when you make unconstitutional claims as the governor of a, of a large state that say, hey, I'm 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 just going to make up this arbitrary order and you can't carry your guns anymore. You're creating vigilantism. So just like you're saying with the Proud Boys, maybe it didn't start out the way it was supposed to. But they came in. Somebody came in and said, hey, this is this is what our mission should be now. <laughs> this is what we need to be doing. It, it's being created from the the rich men north of richmond that's ba- that's where it's all emanating from and we all have the power to vote it out but but the the, the parties are in control of our votes now like we yeah, i mean we can't even we, we can't even have a decent debates because uh, the richmond north of richmond have already decided who we're going to vote for and and who is going to be running against each other look i, I think it's funny that we lost john right when we talked about potentially going to jail 
for <coughs> inciting things or, or doing journalism. And John said, nope, not today. I'm out of here, uh, which sucks because I had a really great article that I wanted to get his take on. And uh, this is a this is a, a, a very fun article. Before we dive in, this is, by the way, this is going to have to do with the Kabul uh, Afghanistan pullout. And it, it's a whistleblower, a low ranking Marine whistleblower uh, blowing the whistle in a way that uh, all whistleblowers should blow. I really appreciate this guy and what he's talking about because it's what would piss off all the normal folks and, uh, and, and the Marine Corps will never talk about it. Before we do that, though, today's show brought to you uh, by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. And officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Uh, go there right now. Sign up today for Officer Privacy. Go to officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Um, you don't want to seek officer privacy before it's too late. Officer privacy, what they do is if you're a first responder, if you're a fed boy, um, if you're one of these law enforcement, especially now going into election season, this is going to erase your address mainly and your family connections and ties from the interwebs. It's not, it's not getting rid of you as an influencer or it's not getting rid of your social media. It's getting rid of your address. It's guilt. It's getting rid of where you go to church. It's where you go to uh, the gym. And this is done by a uh, digital forensics officer who retired and found the, you know, said like, Hey man, there's an easy way to protect cops. We do it here on a case by case agency, but like, shouldn't every officer have this? And by the way, when an agency implements this, it's almost already too late because the incidents happen. And the people who hate these officers have already Googled your shit and have already written it down and it's already gone out to the public. Why don't we get ahead of this now? Why don't we start a thing called officerprivacy.com and make this available to all law enforcement or first responders, uh, politicians, and the whatnots. And let's get rid of your 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 address now before it's too late. And I can't stress this enough. You don't want to be in this situation. You don't want to be where I'm at right now where my, my address is already out on the interrupts. Wackadoodles are everywhere, guys. And, and these wackadoodles going into this election cycle, um, the next killing of, uh, of a person of color, that goes out, they're going to hate white cops all across the United States again. Uh, just cops in general. So it's coming, folks. Get rid of your address now from the interwebs. Get rid of all your personal information that you don't want the wackadoodles to hear. Go to officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Uh, there's trials on there. Uh, it's super law enforcement friendly. A lot more to come of that. We're really proud to to partner with them, but just go and take a look at it. If you've got a son-in-law, brother-in-law, if you've got a grandchild, if you were, if you've got a son or a daughter who's a first responder, this makes a great gift. So it's not something they probably want to buy for themselves, but it's something that they want kind of like a life insurance policy. Everybody needs one. Not everybody wants to pay for one. Um, you can get them a subscription to officerprivacy.com and get their, get that peace of mind in the family that your family is going to be protected when your loved one has a critical incident. All right, let's jump over here to this uh, Marine Corps uh, cleanup on aisle cobble thing right here. Now, this is so stereotypical Marine Corps. Um, the Marines were forced to clean up before they could leave Kabul, Afghanistan. And by clean up, what happened was is that the Marines in Kabul were reportedly forced to pick up human shit and other trash from the airport after losing their 13 comrades to a suicide bomber. The soldiers were ordered to clean up the Ahmad Karzai International Airport uh, and leave it in pristine condition for the Taliban on August 2021. Uh, this is going to be coming from the Daily Mail, this article here. 
and I've already read through it and fact checked it and everything else. It looks good to go. Um, I don't see. Oh, it was it, it was a story ahead. when it happened. I mean, it was it was a big story when it was going on. That they were forced to clean up. By, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the yes, the forced cleanup. Like we're gonna. Uh, we're going to leave this place better than we in in the wake of these deaths. We're going to leave this place better than the way. I, I mean, there was plenty of talk about this when it happened, um, which I find interesting that it just resurfaced. Now, what's but, crazy? But, well, yeah, because the Marine, like a low ranking Marine went on on public media and, you know, is being a voice. And listen, I'm proud of this guy proud of this yeah. guy just days after a suicide bomb killed 11 marines a navy corpsman and an army staff sergeant as well as 170 civilians on august 26 the soldiers were ordered to police call the area it meant that they would have to stand shoulder to shoulder and walk through the air picking up every stray piece of trash or debris in its path which now this is not fair too because i was in afghanistan in the early two, in early 2005 uh, up up into 2006 and i've always said that the one thing that that shocked me the most about afghanistan was even in its cities is one how third world it is but two how clean it is for being third world and the reason why and this is from my interpreter was because every piece of trash is actually used as a toy it's used as uh, a piece of cover for your makeshift Building house material it's uh, yeah. it's material now. Th- these people live with dirt floors, but all the grains of sand are swept in the same direction. Um, but over time, as the Americans were there, I've heard stories of just how d- much dirtier and dirtier Afghanistan was becoming. And that's because the people were were relying on or had 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 too much trash to be able to do anything with, and it just kind of led to this, uh, kind of led to this thrashing and trashing the san francisco style behavior in afghanistan and now you have a whole bunch of people camped outside of the of the airport and um you know when you don't have consequences people just kind of do whatever they want the grim task was their final one following the botched withdrawal of afghanistan i really like how they call it a botched withdrawal because i don't think you could report that in any other way uh, fairly with their battalion commander joining the cleanup effort authors uh james hasten uh former u.s army captain and jerry dunlevy state that the third platoon of echo company second battalion first marines felt that the order was the biggest fuck you ever following their efforts in the country. The area they were ordered to clean up had previously held more than 120,000 refugees who had camped in the area, uh, defecating, leaving trash bags, clothes, and other unspeakable things. Just think of Burning Man. When we asked what the terminal had looked like, a junior Marine involved in the cleanup sarcastically replied, it wasn't exactly clean, the books states. The Marines were also ordered to unflip all of the vehicles that they had flipped over the previous day, uh, which is very stereotypical military. Flip those vehicles, now flip them back. The Marines of the 2-1 were certain that the order had come from higher headquarters because their battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Wedded, joined them in the cleanup effort and was visibly displeased as they were. Good for him. Good for the lieutenant colonel there. Uh, not something I really expect to see these days in today's leadership. Uh, you don't got a lot of lieutenant colonel. Uh, what was his name? Schaefer? Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. 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 Marines Scheller. at every level of the company were infuriated by the order, and the story has spread far beyond. One junior member of the company asked if the order was serious and uh, had looked for brooms and rubber gloves after being informed it wasn't a joke. 
I could see that. Hey, was this a joke? Uh, no, it's not. Go get me some brooms and some gloves. <laughs> Fuck. That's why you should always be quiet. Better seen than heard. The command sergeant major said that the order to clean the passenger terminal came with a threat that we would not leave until it was completed. It was degrading. It was ridiculous, one Marine said. We took a lot of casualties and put a lot of effort into that mission, and to close it out that way was just wrong. Morale was really down at that point, and it was an extremely pointless effort. Listen, you put so many youths, including myself, into a 20-year-long war that we all knew was bullshit. I was one of the yeah. biggest advocates that people who believe that 9-11 wasn't real were they should have been thrown from the top of the building. And they should have to sit in front of those families and say that. 20 years later, I sit here and say, I'm not sure that 9-11 wasn't planned by the government, that it wasn't an Operation Northwood, because I can't think of one useful thing that we did in Afghanistan. I can think of individual useful things that we did as individual squads or individual persons doing humanitarian efforts but i can't think of a single order that was given from higher 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 command that was at at all useful to that country you were attacking taliban outposts that hadn't done anything or wasn't capable of doing anything to the surrounding areas except blow you up when you went in there you know what it's, i mean it, it, yeah it was a geopolitical battle it spanned a, a couple of uh presidencies too so obviously when new regimes come in they change their uh their outlook on what should be going on over there so um you know obviously you know who gets screwed in that right sure. it's it's usually the american people but mainly the american <laughs> soldier and mainly the marines which would make me think long and hard before i drain the marine corps i love the highest breed of corps of the marines i love about how a little bit crazy they are but, I mean, I remember rolling around in 2005 and then being like, yo, can we borrow your trucks? They won't give us armor. They had a stack about shoulder high of steel plates that their sergeant major would not allow them to weld onto their trucks. And that's just that's just stereotypical Marine Corps bullshit where this high esprit de corps trumps safety. It trumps logic. Um, your haircut and your shaved face is more important than, you know, <laughs> battlefield losses and casualties and you know and you've got some of the most disciplined and hungry soldiers you know i think sometimes the you know sometimes the marine corps they just need to let those guys off the leash a little bit more and then rein them back in they know how to rein them back in uh sure. you know look what they did for us in fallujah or Mahdi. you know you let the marines do marine corps shit and they win big battles they really do um you know, they should do that a little bit more often. That's what's why we like Marines not having them. And maybe that was it. Maybe that's part of it. Let's make these Marines really angry before we leave here. Let's make them pick up shit because we like our Marines angry, uh, <laughs> angry and degraded. That's how we want them to feel when they leave. That's what they get for losing this war. The Army oh lost it, God. though. The Marines weren't even in Afghanistan very long. <laughs> they weren't. They got kicked out. Well, I mean, they got, you know, their mission got shrank down quite a bit after a couple marine special operations guys uh, put some bodies on top of a humvee rightfully so in my opinion but i don't know what do you guys think about this could you imagine being having forced to pick up shit uh before you withdraw in one of the most embarrassing withdrawals in american history more embarrassing than even vietnam your the bodies of your fallen comrades aren't even on the plane yet and they're asking you to pick up other people's human shit that's <laughs> i would give two middle fingers 
and tell him, all right, if you're not going to leave, then leave me here. I mean, this is the hill that I'm going to die on. This is the hill I'm going to die on. There, you know, there's got to be a line in the stand. Why would the government at least give you a reason why you're doing it? Hey, guys, yes. we might be back here at some point, and so we just want to leave this a little bit nicer so we come back. We don't have complete distrust. Like, we've already fucked these guys over enough by pulling out and leaving them to the Taliban. But, like, you know, and I think the Marines, you know, on, on a human level could probably level with that and say, like, well, yeah, it sucks, I'm, but yeah. I'm sure that was part is, is, of the the sales pitch. Like, no, look, not to the we're Marines, U.S. Marines. We're, what's that? No. No, it was not pitched to them that way. I promise you it wasn't. I promise you that might have been what the reasons were, but the Marines were just told, you pick up this human shit or we're not going home. There was no yeah, brief, brief right. saying why they do it. They, that, and that's the problem I have with the military in general is is this like show up at, a, at 1 o'clock. Well, why? You don't need to know. Just be here at 1 o'clock. Discipline, bitch. And you're like, yeah, but I'd be a lot happier and I'd probably be a lot more prepared if you just fucking tell me why and quit playing fuck fuck games. But that's the U.S. government for you, playing fuck fuck games. That's what they like to do. I don't think they're ever going to stop. Uh, speaking of fuck, fuck games, before we close this one out here. We got Biden, omnipresent Biden. You ever heard of this, Drew? Yeah. Do you believe in omnipresence? I think Joe Biden does. <laughs> oh, this next article, Biden admits that he was on the ground. He was on ground zero right after 9-11, day after. He drove his fire truck up. But uh, where was he the day after on 9-11 also? He was addressing Congress, wasn't he? Yeah, putting his foot down, yelling like a petulant child to Congress. Um, How far is D.C. from Ground Zero? Quite a a ways away. I'm I'm a little indifferent on this because, look, I I mean, how long are we going to spend making this guy look crazy first of all and second of all because even cnn's in on it now like they're fact checking it and they're like there's no well, way snopes already fact checked it yeah so um and and what what essentially they're saying is well he was on the ground actually normally what they would say is whoa 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 guys he was there it was just nine days later it wasn't the next day that's not what they're saying anymore what they're saying anymore is they're taking his direct quote like they used to do to trump all the time well, he said drink bleach you know like that's not exactly what he said that's what you're saying he said but that's not what he said All right. uh, now they're doing it to to him to make him look crazy and because they don't want him anymore they're done with him uh, yeah. so uh, I mean I, I think maybe I, they can't keep him anymore yeah I, it's I don't, not that they want yeah, to be yeah I think him. you're right I just don't think like they, they can yeah they can't sustain it you're probably right on that and and so uh, but I, I, I think it's, look, it's semantic. This guy is what, 80? How old is he, by the way? 81? Yeah. It, 80. Which, you know what, though? Like, my grand my grandfather-in-law 80. is 81. Could fucking run circles around this dude. <laughs> All right. But he hasn't. Okay, so you, you've got a lot of memories. But he also can't work the TV 80. remote and throws it when he can't get Netflix on. <laughs> you, you have yeah, a lot of memory. <laughs> I have trouble answering your fucking phone calls, and I'm only 55. And, and you're like 65. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it, what I'm saying is like the guys had a lot. Of, I, I'm not. I don't like the Biden family. I, I'll just be clear about it. I, okay. I, I mean, I think the guy is probably a really good father because you can tell by how far he protects his kids. And he's been through some shit. And you know, he's but he, they're more than likely criminals in my opinion. And blah blah blah. A family but that commits t- crime together thrives stays together. together. So when you when you 
get down to the word, the semantic, the this, the that, and you start picking this guy apart. I, I just think it's a cheap shot. He's he's 80. Yes, he's the president. I get that. He's not as dumb as everybody's making him out to be, first of all. What? Second of all. Did you see his speech in Vietnam? All, hold on a second. Second of all, <laughs> you have 80 years worth of memories and you go, I remember standing there the day after looking in and I could see the wreckage and you, you don't think for one second that he's replaying in his mind standing at ground zero looking in at the wreckage. Him thinking that it was the day after versus nine days later is fucking fundamentally bullshit. It, it, True. It, in cares? the 1980s when he was like in his young, like or older 30s, he was lying. That. He got caught for lying. He uh, is a plagiarist in general. Yes, I, I mean the that. dude. He's the not dude is a salesman. Here, though. He's a he's lying. giving his own experience. What do you this think his experience same? was in Hawaii when he talks about fucking his house burning down, which didn't happen either? No, he didn't. Yeah, but but <laughs> if we it, go to war tomorrow, that's who's in charge. I understand, like getting memories confused, but on the day of a memorial for an event that happened that killed thousands of Americans that is still poignant today because you did a piss poor job of pulling out of Afghanistan. We like, I don't want, I like, there was a point in time where I would I would be okay with, but I'm done list. I'm not that you're apologizing for Joe Biden. He's 80 years old. He needs to be out of off. If he's that incompetent that we are tearing apart every little bit of speeches let him go down to Florida, get him a nice little beach, and let him watch his '63 Corvette and his fire or whatever down there. Don't. That's the leadership. That's the leader for our country. If Russia decides tomorrow, today, right now, as we're speaking, to go to war, that's who our leadership is. Yeah. Do that's you really think that he's? You, you think that they're just pick pinpoint like uh, picking this guy apart, Drew? Do you? Are, yes. you think that he's just you're, generally? I think you are doing it too. I think you're conflating two issues. You're conf you're conflating the inappropriateness of standing there and talking about how a lightning strike almost burned down your kitchen and almost killed your cat and almost burned your Corvette in front of a bunch of people who had just lost everything and had still lives unaccounted for. That's completely insensitive. It's not the same thing as missing a few days in the haze of 9-11. He just said, he, he's like, look, I mean, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's recounting, I mean, w what is your experience with being at Ground Zero? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was there. It's just Nine that he wasn't later. there the day after. Right. And it's not that big of a deal. He's it, like, it's, it's easy to make this big, uh, this huge deal. Well, I think it's, it's only easy it. to make it a huge deal is because what he said in fucking Vietnam this week. Do we have that? Do we have that script up? No, well, he's going to bed. Up. Well, that, he started the whole thing off with good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he forgot what he was going to say. Um, and then on. On the same day yesterday, we released five Iranian prisoners and released six billion in funds for Iran that we had seized in exchange for five U.S. prisoners. And you like, and you think that like it's appropriate to do that on September 11th? Like you couldn't do that on the 12th? You couldn't do that on do what know, on the 12th? Oh, I release see. Release those release? prisoners and pay that yeah. kind of money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the whole thing. Yeah, the, the and administration. Then, and you have you have Kamala Harris at Ground Zero. I'm not trying to pick her apart, but she was laughing the whole time. There's so yeah, many pictures and videos of her laughing, and everybody else around her is like stoic. Like, what the fuck but, is she laughing at? So th this is the problem I'm having. The whole administration it, is is a clown show. 
they're, they're a joke. But this is part of the problem I'm having. Keep picking this guy apart. Keep, t- t- keep talking about how senile is and keep making him crazy so even the mainstream media believes you. Then they finally get rid of him. Well, who the fuck do you think is going to take his place? Do you yeah, think that they're going to rehold an election? Do you think that they're going to ma- wave a magic wand and Donald Trump is going to make a comeback here? Or <laughs> No, it's going to be fucking Kamala Harris. Is that what you want? So, I mean, I, I'm saying pick the lesser of two evils. We're in this, we're in this jam. But I, I'm just it, like we started the show talking about how uh, you can't, you know, turn this semantic into an insurrection. And yeah, then but just I think Kamala Harris and, would be yeah, exposed. Ahead. I think she would be exposed if she had to become. She's a already exposed. She could. She couldn't handle the the southern border. She's already been exposed. She right, was but exposed I don't think the, the left would tolerate her. I don't. I don't think even the left would be able to tolerate her at the podium. Like she can't speak. She can't. She can't debate. She can't do anything. But, but what are they going to do about it? Really, what are they going to do about it? The line of succession would be a Republican. Yeah, I think they would vote differently. I think I think you would get a lot of people that be oh. like, "Dude, this is oh, fucking, I see." No, no, no. Yeah, you, so you're saying finish out the term? Sure. Yeah, I am too. But I think there's danger in her finishing out the term. What danger I think could she possibly do? She's way too retarded. Here, I'll done. throw. I'll this throw this out point. there. Do you, do you out there even this out there? Do you think either one of them actually is the ones making decisions? I don't. I personally. Or do don't you think, think that, that they are just the representation mouthpieces for whoever is making decisions? A part. They're and part. We're going to nudge things in this way, and we're going to nudge things in this way. The fact is, we have an eighty-year-old man out there that can't realize with his right hand from his left foot. The fact that he can put shoes on every day and not piss his pants at the end of the day—that's a—that's an achievement. That's someone who needs to be going to the nursing home. Then you got the next person in line that's trying to compare January 6th to 9-11. No, they are not the same fucking thing. So on the anniversary of this, she's going to be on ground zero and saying that shit. On the anniversary of this, they're going to release six... Per- like, this- and they also said that, that, that politicians stopped going to Pearl Harbor 20 yeah. years ago. Like That was their excuse for not being at ground zero. And I, like maybe that's the I, truth, but I don't know that you... I, you don't have somebody I, like, uh, no I that can in- spin that a little bit differently. I lived there, in Hawaii for almost a decade. No excuse for that. There is a massive ceremony every year that happens at Pearl Harbor. It is a huge thing. I've been to Pearl Harbor several times. So for them to say that bullshit, that's another bullshit. They're just trying to make excuses on why they they're they're they're, they're trying to not make you look at what's going on. What's going on is you have all the receipts and they're supposedly. I don't know how truthful it is, or I'll, I'm at the point now with Congress and everything else. I'll see it when I see it. But they're saying that this week that they're going to impeach Biden. So my question is, is one, is that going to happen? And two, what's going to come out next that's going to make this go away? What's going to come out next? What's the big thing they're going to have to hide this thing? Uh, I think there are things that are not coming out that should be coming out. For one, there's this John Eastman uh, situation in California, which is uh, he was one of Trump's attorneys and he was indicted in Georgia, I believe, but they're trying to disbar him in California basically for just being a Trump supporter, to be honest. And uh, what they're what they're finding out through all of this is like they're trying to make their case to disbar him. And every time for speaking up about the election fraud or, or the election not being real, that's the basis of it. And what they're doing when they find out when they go, okay, here's what you said and we're going to we're going to prove that this is incorrect and we're going to test this person to find that out and the person that finds it out 
shows that there's like 10 times worse, more corruption than they than originally thought anyway. So they're like, but OK, stop talking. We're going to turn to Michigan now in Michigan, da, da, da. And then they do the same thing and they find out there's widespread fraud in Michigan. They are effectively proving that the election was unconstitutional. And in and, and the basis of all of these indictments, especially the one in Georgia, are, are based on Trump and everybody and all of his attorneys saying this is not a constitutional election. So this this thing in California that's not really being uh, uh, watched carefully. In fact, it's being presided over by a what they're calling a judge. He's not even a judge. It's somebody that is presides over the bar that's like a special magistrate that wants you to call him a judge. So when you write the articles about him, he says judge denies this or judge denies that. He's not a judge. But they're trying to prove this case against John uh, John Eastman. They're trying to disbar him. And they are they're they're getting burnt with their own fire in doing this. And of course it's not being covered. These are the things that are not being covered. A lot of things to cover. That's why this show is so important. And I hope you guys like the new layout of this show, uh, bringing on other folks. Um, and uh, tomorrow we have a really big day. Uh, we have a, the final meeting with the publishing house for the book Pig Latin, a seriously funny true story that uh, each person on, on this network has had somewhat of a part of the process, whether it be editing, reading, reviewing, uh, drawing art for the book. Um, so this is really a team thing that's going on with that book. And it's going before a major publishing house. It made it all the way to a meeting with the publishing house, it made it through the board of directors, made it through all the editors in the last nine months. Um, and so that is why we have pre-recorded today's show. But going forward, the show is going to be kind of formatted like this. Where we're going to have people jumping in to go through the, the news. So it's not just my take on things. We'll have a little bit of back and forth, a little bit of argument little debate if you will making debates uh great again and uh i hope you guys enjoy it please hit up our sponsors ghostbed.com manscaped forward slash wolfpack save 20 percent. actually manscaped has a promo code uh 20 i'm about to manscape today because my wife had a baby six weeks ago and she uh, you know you have to wait that uh six weeks before you can make sweet love and make another baby again and that's coming up so i uh i've, I've made sure all my tools are charging my Manscaped tools are charging. I'm going to make myself look real. I'm going to get a haircut after today's show for that meeting tomorrow. I'm manscaping for the meeting tomorrow. Just Good in job. case just in case somebody wants to get down there and just say congratulations, Eric. You know. <laughs> they may. <laughs> like like the Taliban taking over Kabul. They're going to get down there I, and I find it they, that I left it nice and clean for them. I think if they approve approve it, you should on the spot just offer it you know what i mean like look i manscaped for this i manscaped for this here it um, is and that'd be good and regardless i uh, i'll have a another we have a patreon out a new patreon a new t-bone with tansy with lasro lopez got another one coming with nick palmashano so that's really exciting uh make sure you guys are following us at last call 12 last call 12 on instagram that is the failure stop last call if you want to nominate somebody for a shout out leave us a dm at last call we will shout them out on this show go to last call underscore 12 and uh and leave us a message and you could do that for all the shows all the shows now have their own instagrams uncuffed has their own instagram com center has their own instagram uh and if you want shout outs on those shows all you have to do is dm those respected instagram handles and we'll get that done for you tonight uh or uh last night 
because you're hearing this today it was true crime Tuesday with uh, Jay Rama. So that's going to be an exciting episode. Make sure you hit that out. I will, uh, I will probably be doing something tomorrow. As far as a live goes, follow the Instagrams. I'll be with Nick Palmashano all day. I hope we have good news. It could be terrible news. I doubt it, You'll but we'll see what happens. News. But if you really want to follow Feather to Stop's Instagram tomorrow, because the regular Feather to Stop Instagram, I will be giving updates on my entire day tomorrow. Ugh, to some, some people might be really excited about that. So until then, head over to officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Manscaped, promo code Wolfpack. Feather to Stop, uh, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Uh, it's fourth quarter, baby. We got sponsors galore. And, uh, and we're happy for that because we might lose everything come election God bless cycle. them. God bless America. <laughs> Guns up, kitty up.